Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, earth science, and other interesting things that I deem interesting. I'm the creator and the host of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 134 for Monday, December 7th, 2020. Obviously, I am surrounded by a whole lot of snow, and if you can't see it, that's because you're listening to the audio version of this podcast. And if you would like to see the video version, all you have to do is go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 134, and uh, you will get to see that. And there's a lot to see today, because right now it looks like I am surrounded by a winter wonderland. Indeed, I am. The snow blitz that occurred occurred one week ago today, and it's been cold enough. We haven't had a lot of mild air since then, so the snowpack is still pretty much hanging around, and we're still picking up the pieces from that extremely heavy snowfall from just one week ago. So it kind of sort of looks like Iceland, and that's where we're going to go today for episode 134. But Iceland actually has less snowpack than we do here right now in Northeast Ohio. Now, they have had their fair share of some interesting weather indeed. Uh, However, uh, they also have some things that we don't, both winter and summer and and, uh, some unique things as well. And that's what I will be discussing with our guest today. His name is Gunnar Ingi Gunnarsson. And Gunnar is a pastor of Lofstofan Baptista Kirka in Reykjavik. And Lofstofan means uh, Upper Room Baptist Church. And we've known each other for a couple of years now. We actually attended his church, uh, my son and I did, when uh, we were up there about two years or so ago, and we got to, uh, to connect, and uh, we've been fast friends ever since. So we're going to have him on the podcast today to talk about some of the elements that go into weathering the winter up there near the Arctic Circle. Remember, their day is very, very, very very short in terms of the amount of daylight. We'll talk about that. We will talk about a few other very interesting science-related things. And then it's Christmas time. And it's no surprise that I am a man of faith. I certainly don't hide that uh, fact at all. And so we'll actually talk to each other about faith stories, especially his. It's fascinating. It's very interesting. And since it's Christmas, I thought, why not? This is actually the best time to do that. So, buckle up, and again, if you'd like to actually watch this podcast, you can. Go to weatherjazz.com and click on or scroll down to episode number 134, and you can watch it there as well. So, let's go ahead right now and say Merry Christmas to Gunnard. Gunnarsson, but let's do it in Icelandic first. Gunnar, glæðileg jól. 
Clearly yours, clearly yours. <laughs> I, I need to get the vernacular uh, a, a little bit better, so I'll, I'll need to go back and, and listen to that bit, basically. You just say it you- fast and with confidence. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I tell Americans. Just pretend like you know what you're saying, and then it starts to sound way more like Icelandic. <laughs> yes, skida islensk parasmovis. Parasmov, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. That's, I, that's good. That's really good. Okay, uh, talk. Yeah. Uh, and the the uh, what I asked you to pronounce for me once before uh, was a saying in French. Uh, we say "petit et petit l'oiseau fait son nid," and uh, that was the, the saying I sent to you in Icelandic. So little by little, a bird builds its nest, and I said, "Could you please pronounce that for me?" <laughs> yeah. No. That was that's yeah. I, I I was I was wondering where that came from. I was like, this is uh, <laughs> this is out of nowhere. This saying, right, come- right. It's a it's essentially a French uh, French uh, saying uh, yeah. that uh, that basically says you, you learn as you go along. Well, uh, we're starting episode number one thirty four here today, and so a lot of people may wonder uh, how we got to know each other. It's it's obvious that that we do. Uh, and so let's establish that uh, from the get-go so that people understand what the relationship is. Uh, about mm, almost three years ago now, uh, my son and I were planning a trip to Iceland. And up to that point, I had been to Iceland a number of times. And so my son Noah wanted to go. And I knew enough to, to to start planning and uh, different things and and seeing different things, but every place we've been on a father son retreat, we've always gone to church, a local church, and I was just looking all over the place for a church in Iceland. Number one that might speak English or have an English translator, uh, and uh, so we looked at the Hall Hallgrimskirka. Um, the, the the big cathedral in downtown Reykjavik, and they did have an English service, but it was at like 2 p.m. on the third Thursday of every month, and, and it was, yeah. that wasn't going to work. And somehow, and that was divine intervention, we believe, we came across your video talking about uh, the Iceland project and uh, your church, Lofstofan Baptista Kirka. Um, and so it was at that point I reached out to you, and I think you were just about ready to come to uh, uh, the United States for a three-month uh, period of rest. And uh, after you get back, then then we got kind of hooked up, and uh, shortly thereafter, we came to Iceland and came to Lofstofan for that uh, Sunday service uh, to get to know you and the people there. We got to meet some people from, from Maryland, uh, from uh, the, the, the church, Dumfries Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so uh, and we met, I think we met Hildur, Hildur, um, uh, met Svava, met, met uh, some of your, your kids, and all of a sudden, we just felt a great connection there. It was just a wonderful experience for us, and that's how we got to know each other. Uh, and um, your English, the English is your second language, Icelandic being your first, is extraordinary. But then we understood that for about a three-year period, 
you were in Alabama as a high school student. So I want to get back to that in just uh, a little bit. That's uh, kind of important. So why do I have you on Weather Jazz? Well, the, the science and weather pitch here is the following. Uh, we're approaching the dark, di- dark days of winter, uh, the, the winter solstice. And now you're only seeing a limited number of uh, sunlight, and pretty soon it's, it's going to be a limited period of twilight around the lunch hour. So it's dark most of the time. So what kinds of adjustments do Icelanders make to adjust for the long, dark days of winter? Uh, well, uh, I think a large portion of us, we just <laughs> don't make adjustments and just think this is going to be a rough three months. Uh, I, I mean, uh, some of us have it really well. Like we have farmer friends who live in a fjord, uh, not too far away from here, actually, about 45 minutes. But they're surrounded by, they live in this valley, basically, and they don't actually see the sun. They see the, the sky itself light up, but they don't oh, see wow. the sun for about... Wow three months out of the year. And so like, actually for us, it's not that brutal. Uh, So for a lot of Icelanders, I think this is like, okay, we just got to tough, tough it through these uh, three months and hope for a good uh, summer to catch up on our vitamin D and that type of stuff. Uh, But then there's also fish oil is super encouraged here. Uh, Vitamin D supplements, of course. Um, Now they're starting to make some, some really cool things. So we got like a pretty high uh, seasonal depression going on here. So when the mm-hmm. sunlight goes away, a lot of depression goes up, medication mm-hmm. and such. And so to try and stop people from just jumping straight into medication, they're trying to you know put artificial sunlights in, in people's rooms um, to have, have it on during the day. We have an alarm clock that basically you set a sunrise and it takes 45 minutes to light up and it looks like the sun. And it's actually a little too bright because I, <laughs> I roll on my side and I just feel like the sun is in my room and I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's there's people try to cope with it. But I mean, in general, you you can try to make something to push in the blow, uh, I guess. Is that, way, that the way to say it? To, sure. Mm-hmm. To uh, soften the, the landing when it comes to, to winter. But at the same time, it's, it's going to be brutal in, in some ways. So you just got <laughs> to get through it and, and keep your humor up. You just kind of, you, you basically roll with the punches then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually okay. said that a lot, roll with the punches, and everyone kept looking at me funny like I had never heard that before. I was like, really? I, I don't know where I heard that. But yeah, roll with the punches. That is definitely what I would say. So uh, th- there's probably no no equivalent in Icelandic for rolling with the punches. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> it sounds, sounds weird. Um, well, uh, let's talk about your time in Alabama because uh, – as a high school student, you came to, to high school in, in Alabama, and uh, so that must have been the first time in your experience, in, in your earthly journey, that suddenly you had, you know, sun coming up at 7 a.m. and going down at 4 p.m. Yeah, it's not as much, relatively speaking, as the summertime, but the, the difference is so much smaller than in Iceland. Did you have to get used to that? No, not really. I mean, so I was, I actually, we finished high school here at 16. So I was mm-hmm. 16 when I moved to Huntsville, which 
Huntsville, Alabama. Like I was in a program that was made for post high school students. So I was the very youngest. Most of the Americans there were 18 and older or most in, in their twenties and early thirties. Uh, but no, you, like it, I only started noticing the darkness really in the last decade or so. Like after I turned 20, then I started noticing the winters getting really dark and feeling the, the, the effects of that because I mean, when you're younger, you're just snowboarding or skiing or, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're throwing snowballs and starting wars with other kids and, <laughs> and that type of stuff. You don't really think about the darkness as much as um, as just having fun. Uh, I would always end up breaking my arm in the beginning of winter and then having a cast for the, rent, the rest of oh, winter. Because no. I always like started, I never learned how to snowboard, but I always thought like I was qualified to go for the big jumps. And then I was reminded I wasn't mm. qualified. <laughs> so yeah i i learned snowboarding oh probably about 20 years ago uh i took a couple of lessons i was a reasonably good skier uh downhill skiing uh with two boards not on on one i thought how hard can it be and uh well the objective is still the same you're going down the hill but yeah. you can't use absolutely any any of the rules of downhill skiing it's completely uh, different yeah, yeah I, I mean i, I, I got down the hills i just yeah i just came there sliding uh, uh right after my snowboard or something like that so mm-hmm. or yeah. on or on uh, your posterior yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well posterior. Uh, you now have an advantage uh, in the the long winter nights, and you have a new home that has windows, uh, a lot more windows apparently than than where you were before. Uh, and you mentioned on your Instagram post, and I will provide on weatherjazz.com, show notes number, uh, episode number 134, uh, where people can find you and follow you on Instagram if they have an Instagram account. But but you mentioned uh, with your move to your new home that uh, you got to see the northern lights while you were sleeping because you had a window. And, and it, what must that be like to see the northern lights when you're just peering out your window, not just periodically, but somewhat often? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so we we had, we had just moved from our apartment, and the main windows of our apartment was basically looking into another apartment building. So there wasn't much of a view, and you didn't want to have the blinds uh, up when you were going to sleep. And so it was, you know, a, a lot of just blinds down and and not really enjoying the view. And then we moved here to Mosfelspire, and it's it's a it's an awesome little town surrounded by mountains. Uh, Mount Asia is right next door. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more famous mountains here here in Reykjavik, the Reykjavik area. And we had just moved and we hadn't put up blinders in our house yet. And there wasn't really a necessity for it because now we have a garden and it's closed off. And so there's no people walking on the street. So we were falling asleep and it was dark anyways. Mm-hmm. So it was winter time. Uh, and we were just laying in bed and we were looking out the window and just watching the Northern light. And the first week we moved in here, I think like that we fell asleep watching the Northern lights, maybe four or five days out of that week. And wow. just ever since wow. we put up the blinds, but we've never put them down. We probably will during the summertime when the sun is up during the night. But right mm-hmm. now we're just like, yeah, I wake up regularly, you know, if the kids are, you know, 
needing water or something at 3 a.m. You look out the window, there are northern lights, and you fall asleep to that again. And yeah, it's it's amazing. It's so awesome. God is awesome. Makes me want to come back in the the wintertime. I've been there in March. Uh, I've been there in the summertime to experience uh, the perpetual daylight, which is an interesting story because uh, Noah and I were in downtown Reykjavik uh, just enjoying the, the, the crowd and going into stores. And finally, Noah said, uh, shouldn't we be getting back to the to the cottage? And I thought, Why? And he said, look at your watch. And I looked at my watch, and it was, it was midnight, and the sun yeah. was still up. So it was a, a little bizarre for us. I thought, yeah, okay, let's, uh, <laughs> let's head back and get some sleep. Uh, but um, tell us about uh, your, your family. Um, you have uh, three children, and you have someone who's going to be added to that very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. So Swava is due to give birth to our fourth child here, uh, a baby girl. The 28th of December is the due date. Uh, so we're hoping a little bit sooner. She's, yeah. So we want to try to give birth here at home if everything works out well. Uh, but we got two boys and, and two girls, one on the way. And uh, yeah, so they are eight, eight, uh, five, and three. Uh, mm-hmm. I always have to think like it changes every year and you feel like you've got a, got it down and then they, you know, all shifts. So eight, five and three. And um, yeah, they're awesome. They've, they've dealt with just their challenges already. Sometimes like our oldest is, is, is <clears throat> he's got a quite a story of dealing with uh, he's gone through cancer treatment for two and a half years. He's just gone through a lot. He's, he's autistic as well. So He's got quite the story. Um, uh, Sigros is healthy. And, and then the, uh, our, our youngest boy is a special needs with a very rare genetic mutation. Uh, the third person in the world that has it. So there's a lot of uh, challenges that have arrived. Uh, but at the same time, and God has entrusted us with a lot. And, and it's been a joy and a blessing to to be able to love these kids and have them affect us the way they do but speaking of the summer yeah it, it is a pain trying to get them to go to sleep in the summertime when <laughs> when it's when it's like 10 p.m and I'm like i'm not kidding guys it's nighttime right now we need to go to sleep mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so just waiting for the age when that kicks in the reality of uh how the sun works <laughs> i guess <laughs> well you're right about uh, uh the- God entrusting you with these kids uh, the way that I watch you on your Instagram page, uh, just loving on them. And uh, it's, it's encouraging to me as, uh, as a parent now of uh, somebody in his 20s and, and, and an engineer and working. But, but I look at, uh, at you thinking, yes, God has a way of uh, giving us the children that uh, – will work well with our families and uh, we just love the way uh, that um, uh, we watch your family grow. And thank you so much for including everybody on uh, your Instagram post, as well as uh, the, uh, the Iceland project website, which we'll talk about here momentarily. Um, you are the pastor of Baptista Kirka, which means upper room Baptist church. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, to me, faith stories are always interesting. It's absolutely no secret to anybody listening to uh, Weather Jazz or that knows me personally that faith is important to me, and I always find faith stories 
fascinating. Would you please uh, share yours uh, in in a nutshell, or maybe more than a nutshell? Oh, maybe maybe yeah. in a coconut uh, coconut, yeah, coconut shell. Nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. How abridged do you want this version? Uh, let's see. I, I grew take up as much <laughs> as much time as you want. It's it's funny because this upcoming sermon is about. Uh, wonderful counselor we're going through isaiah chapter 9 the various titles given to to jesus and uh and i was i was thinking about it this uh how i grew up and i thinking about this idea of god being a wonderful counselor both wonderful and a counselor so many people think of him as a counselor but maybe not wonderful i grew up in the church where i thought that god was definitely not wonderful i thought he was more of a dictator and uh i i I knew the rules that he had placed in the Bible, and I, I was just thinking to myself, why would God care about how I live my life and what I say and what I do? Um, uh, so I grew up as a, like this very angry kid, and and a part of that is at ten years old. Uh, if you don't know Iceland, Iceland is known as this super peaceful country. At ten years old, um, my grandmother is murdered in her apartment. And there's usually one or two murders per year. She was one of the two that year. And uh, it just started me on this path of asking questions like, what is the point of life? And if there is a God, why would he allow someone who loves him, like my grandmother, to die such a horrific death for literally just being in her apartment? And and it turned out it was just a a guy strung out on drugs trying trying to hurt somebody. That's what he said. I just wanted to hurt somebody. And I knocked on this random door and she answered. Uh, And so that just started me down a path of basically rejecting my parents' religion. I didn't think uh, there was anything to it. So I started trying to act as my own God. I saw the rules of God and the regulations that he put in his word as sort of restricting and trying to stop me from enjoying life. And so I started being my own God and my own arbiter of truth. And I started doing, uh, you know, mind-numbing drugs to, you know, stop myself from drinking, mind-enhancing drugs to try to get myself to think, uh, alcohol, just live in the way I really wanted to live as my own ruler until three years into it, I was at a place of despair where I just wanted to kill myself. And so... Um, I, I remember being a party guy and everyone knew who my dad was, who was a pretty famous pastor here in Iceland. And I hated that because I'm literally, I look like him. My name is Gunnar Lykin and I am Gunnar's son. So everyone's like knows I'm Gunnar's son. And they ask me about my stance on the Bible and so on. Well, while I'm doing drugs where I'm, you know, I thought it was pretty plain. I wasn't interested in religion, you know? So so I uh, concocted the scheme of uh, saying to my dad, hey, I want to go to Bible school because I knew he would pay for it if it was Bible school. <laughs> and so I went to Huntsville, Alabama for three years where I would have told you I was a Christian, but in reality, I was still a, a sort of deist. Uh, I, I believe Christianity was about being a nice person and believing in the existence of God. It wasn't until 21 years old at this point, I was already a youth pastor. I had pretty recently sobered up uh, from drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, and I came across the passage in James where, uh, you know, I was listening to a sermon and in this passage is in James, it says, you believe the Lord is one and that it's good, but so do the demons and they tremble. And 
It's just like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I thought Christianity was all about believing in the existence of God, but Satan believes in the existence of God. So, like, my faith is basically equal to Satan's right now. Like, what makes what makes uh, the Bible like what makes biblical faith biblical? What what does the Bible mean by biblical faith? And I never understood the cross. I never understood Jesus mm. coming to die. You know, I always struggled with why do we call it good news that he was tortured to death? Uh, but then I realized, oh, he came as a savior. And the whole problem is that I, I wasn't good enough to earn my way to heaven. He had to come down to me. And that changed my entire outlook on life. That changed every the reason for why I live, the reason for why I love. It was no longer to uh, basically earn the love of God or please God. It was because he had already loved me in such a drastic way to send his son to die on my behalf for my sin uh, that I was just mesmerized by that and the that story of i felt like was not emphasized enough in churches in iceland you know it, people seem to really quickly want to graduate from that to something greater but i just wanted to dwell on that i really wanted a church that used that as a springboard for everything else to mm-hmm. Do not highlight the fruits of the faith as if they're the root, but to highlight the root of our faith, which is Jesus died for me. Therefore, let me love like he loved. Let me give grace like he gave grace. Let me give mercy and forgive like he forgave me. And to always have as the root of our faith, this love of Jesus. And so about two years after coming to faith, I I, I quit the church I was in and, and we started a small group at home and said, I put it out on Facebook that we're starting a church. If you want to be a part of that, welcome home on this Wednesday. And so we started and that was seven years ago and we didn't know what we were doing. I literally Googled how to start a church (laughs) and I found very interesting articles, including uh, having to print business cards, which apparently is super (laughs) important for starting a church. So yeah, that's sort of where we're at today. And you've never looked back, and you've uh, had a, a, a number of uh, places that Lovstofan has called uh, home, or at least uh, physically where you've met. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've now been um, in your current uh, facility for a number of years. Uh, of course, that's where we met you about almost two years ago now. Uh, and uh, it's growing, and uh, it, it's really one change in life at a time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and our, our hope was always to plant more of these sort of gospel-centered churches. And uh, so we've, we've just about a month and a half ago planted another church and, and sent away 12 people that were either members or attending with us. And so that's awesome. And we hope to see, my, my prayer has been in the next 100 years that we would see 300 healthy churches. Wow, uh, wow. So, just now something that would be big enough so no one could mm-hmm. say, oh, Gunnar did this, you know. So it <laughs> be a God thing for that would work. Well, it's all part of something that uh, I occasionally have shared on my social media page, and that is uh, something that is called the Iceland Project. Tell me what the Iceland Project is all about. Yeah, so like like I said earlier, when we started the church, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't in contact with anyone I was listening to podcasts to try to learn how to pastor and, and learn to grow in my faith and, uh, and to start a church. And um, 
about four years into it, uh, I was burning out because uh, I was working a nine-hour job. And then I was trying to do a sermon. And then I was, you know, I just had a kid. I was trying to be a dad and a husband. And then I was trying to meet with new believers and I have a home group and, you know, all this, this stuff. It was just getting too much. And then mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast about church planning. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who mentions this small church in Virginia that's sending people to Iceland to look for an Icelander to start a church. And I was like, wait a minute, who is this? And so I send him an email. He gets me in touch with this church in, in Dumfries, Virginia, Pillar Church of Dumfries. And turns out this church is all about church planning and they want to help me. And uh, so we get in touch and they bring up this crazy notion of other churches would love to be a part of giving to this. And I had never even thought about that. Um, but then the Iceland project, which had been on their name for what they were doing in Iceland, they sort of handed it to us. Here's a Facebook page, basically. You are now going to be the Iceland project. And, and as you grow, more churches in Iceland are going to be involved and so on and so forth. And so the, it came this umbrella term for gospel ministry in Iceland and a, a way now like an official 501c3 in the U.S., a way for individuals and churches in the U.S. to give to ministry in Iceland uh, and for us to get the money over here. So right now the Iceland project funds my ministry here in Iceland and Logan and Carlos ministry in Iceland. And hopefully in the future, way more people. And Logan and uh, Carla, uh, they are a part of Redeemer uh, City Church. Did I get that right? Yeah. Redeemer City Church of Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, We're also involved uh, with you in uh, kind of an interesting capacity uh, here in the United States. Uh, Every Sunday, uh, I take your Sunday message, pull it into my computer, post-process it, and upload it to a podcast website. And uh, we'll um, include the link for anybody interested, again, in the show notes of episode Uh number 134. It's, It's called... Sermons from Iceland, and uh, um, I've just been, been so thankful for you doing that, brother. Uh, I mean, you don't realize what a blessing you've been, and and hearing your messages too. I know Swava is always eager to hear what you have to say when you send an audio message or something yeah. like that. <laughs> That's we're great. Just so thankful for you, brother. And uh, we're thankful for you and uh, to be able to to uh, to help in in this way. Um, and uh, we're hoping to to really get the word out that uh, for for someone who's had uh, no official seminary training and listening to your messages, you're truly anointed. And uh, there's a difference between just someone who's a very good preacher and someone who is anointed, you can tell the difference. And uh, the difference is, is, is that your messages are just heartfelt, biblically based, and uh, really enjoyable to listen to, and always challenging, too. You always come up with challenges that make you question, a lot of great questions. All right, where do we go from here as, uh, as someone, uh, as a person of faith? So I enjoy doing it. Uh, again, sermons Thank from so Iceland, much, and, and you can get that uh, uh, virtually any podcast app. And uh, I'll have the, uh, the link on the show notes, uh, episode 134 coming up in a bit. So how can people get involved uh, in um, the Iceland project? 
Um, you can get involved by, by uh, well, going to the icelandproject.org, our website, to know more about us. Um, you can get the word out. That can help tremendously. You can support financially, or you can pray for us. And you can sign up for update emails on the website where you can get updates. Like we try to do us uh, our monthly email about once a month, and we will put at the very end prayer points on what to, you can be praying for for this upcoming month. and. and and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's definitely that way. Uh, there are there are a lot of people who want to come to Iceland and, and travel here and stay here for you know sometimes for free and that type of stuff. There's just so many people that want to come here that it's sort of overwhelming at the moment. And so mm-hmm. probably the biggest way someone can be supporting right now is by prayer, by getting the word out there. By um, you know if you want to come and and you you can you know finance your own trip and you can be a part of the small groups we're doing as a church. Although right now it's, it's kind of tricky because of right. COVID everything is right. up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to come, you're welcome. But yeah, if you want to support, definitely pray. Uh, that was one of my prayer about seven years ago that God would awaken uh, churches and mission organizations to the need in Iceland. A lot of people viewed Iceland as already a reach people group, when in reality, if you look at the practices and not just the professed religion in Iceland, um, the, the church attendance in the country is something like 1% or 2%. I mean, we're we're very far from being a reach people group, even though in, in name, people claim to be Lutherans and so on and so forth. They, have, they have really have no idea what Lutheranism is what the church espouses to be true, what the Bible says or anything of, of that sort for most people. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can join there. And one of the things like uh, the reason, for instance, that I'm not an educated in, in theology, um, I don't have a doctorate of divinity or, or something like that. I don't know what the titles are in the U.S., but it's because um, there there's very little infrastructure in Iceland. I mean, there's one place where you can go study theology, and it is a place where they very much try to undermine the authority of Scripture, mm. trying mm-hmm. to get you away from it and, and think of it as basically fairy tales. And that is definitely not where I stand, and I I, f- I feel an education in that field at that place would be worthless. And so um, what our hope is to do with the Iceland project is not only to start churches, but to hopefully build up infrastructure of resources available in video format, audio format and books. Uh, I hope that in the future we can republish a more reliable version of the Icelandic Bible um, and, and have it cheap because right now you, you basically need to, to pay like a hundred bucks to get an Icelandic Bible. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're hoping to set up a place where people can be educated in theology in the future and, and set up the infrastructure. So there's just a, a lot of things that have to be done here in Iceland. So if you want to support us, that would be amazing. <laughs> and, and, and support us by prayer because none of this, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So well, Gunnar, uh, if given the choice between having to listen to somebody with a, a very top-notch a theological degree, a doctor of divinity, or someone who is anointed, I'll pick anointed every single time. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I mean, me too. Actually, one of my favorite preachers is uh, from from the past is Charles Hatton Spurgeon from, from England, mm-hmm. C.H. Spurgeon. Yeah. 
And he was very much an, an uneducated man too. He started preaching at 17 and going around and, and he, he ended up being called the Prince of Preachers. And so we see that with Jesus himself with the ministry. He, he picked fishermen and here, I'm not a fisherman, uh, but I am uh, uh, coming from a background in, in filmmaking and, and, and marketing and he can use some, anyone for, right. you know, for right. the work of the ministry. So. So I recommend to anybody who listening to this podcast or watching via weatherjazz.com, if you're going to Iceland and like me, looking for a church that uh, they can go to on a, a Sunday morning, uh, and by the way, they preach in English, uh, Gunnar preaches in English, uh, I would definitely recommend uh, Lofstofan. I'll have the, uh, the links and uh, perhaps even an address where people can kind of copy and paste if they ever uh, are going to Iceland and want a church that they can attend on uh, on Sunday morning. Gunnar, would you come back anytime you have some uh, weather or science news or anything else that you, you want to share? You're welcome anytime back on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we were waiting for a, like another volcano to erupt. Yeah, that, it was funny that this was, yeah, because there's earthquakes. There was like mm-hmm. an earthquake a month ago that uh, reminded me that I had to fasten the bookshelves here at, at my office. Uh, and uh, yeah, this week was weird weather related because I thought it was funny that I had booked this interview with you. And this week we actually had thunder and lightning for, I mean, we have that maybe once every five years. Wow. And we had a storm pass through like yesterday mm-hmm. and then the coldest weather this winter tomorrow so everything is going on uh you, you need to be careful when you schedule these interviews with you <laughs> so so the next uh one we schedule uh, then you can you can tell the icelandic meteorological office that uh, a big storm is coming because yeah, yeah. invariably that's going to happen you know absolutely yeah because we need some good content god is making sure we got some good content for andre <laughs> thunder and lightning though you're right uh, th- that doesn't happen very often in the northern latitudes uh, uh, up near the arctic circle but you actually had thunder and lightning yeah no like pretty close to our house too i was, wow. it, was it was very interesting because sometimes like maybe every five years you get you see the lightning you don't really hear the thunder uh, but yeah it's it's it was pretty close to our house and yeah it was just a very interesting week <laughs> Well, the next time, uh, let's uh, pray for some nice, uh, tranquil weather. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> and uh, in the uh, Icelandic vernacular, Sjörnjötreithan. Sjörnjötreithan, yeah. Knock on wood, I guess, is the equivalent. That's what Jan Jonsson taught me, uh, uh, that, that there's really no Icelandic equivalent except a Sjörnjötreithan. Uh, which means seven nine thirteen, and yeah. uh, you knock on wood as you're as you're saying that. Uh, so anyway, thanks for having or for for taking the time to do this, and we wish you and everybody at Love Stefan Gladelegiol. Now the last part was was a, uh, a term I didn't quite catch. Teach us that. Sumeledes. It yes. means uh, to to you too, I, I guess. So, yeah, it's it's sort of uh, oh, okay. to you as well. Something. All right. 
Merry Christmas to you. Uh, all the links will be at uh, weatherjazz.com, episode one, number 134. Gunnar, will catch you very, very soon. And let us know when baby number four comes so we can tell everybody at Weather Jazz uh, that uh, your number four and the second daughter has arrived. Yeah, will do. Absolutely. Well, that certainly was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with my special guest, Gunnar Ingi Gunnarsson from Iceland. And I want you to help me spread the word about this episode and all the episodes, really, this podcast in general. Get the word out there in your sphere of influence, social media, word of mouth, email, any way you can. I would certainly appreciate it. The more people that we have coming into the fold, the better. And I want to especially thank those of you that have partnered to support Weather Jazz to further expand all of the episodes and the frequency and the topics covered. And those people are Christine Barnes, Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, Andrea Rich from Tennessee, and Neil and Don Manassa from Virginia, and... O'Keefe's, the maker of working hands and healthy feet. Thank you so much for coming alongside me and supporting this podcast. If you'd like to partner with Weather Jazz, consider becoming a monthly Weather Jazz supporter. You'll find the link at the bottom of every episode at weatherjazz.com. Well, if you have a question or topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also, you have the option of sending me a text or a voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. That number is 234-525-5888. Again, 234-525-5888. Well, we'll see you very soon with another fantastic, engaging episode of Weather Jazz right here. Weather and science across the globe.